Welcome to day 43 of Shipped by the Word. We continue our journey through the Gospel of Luke. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've said in almost every session what a wonderful journey this has been, but it has been deeply rich. Uh, Luke takes the Old Testament story and he helps us see how it is fulfilled in Christ. And of course, that's exactly what Christ taught his disciples to do, uh, beginning with the prophets and the Old Testament. Uh, He showed him how every one of these things pointed to him, and Luke does a wonderful job of bringing in the Old Testament and giving us the full story of God's redemptive plan through the Lord Jesus Christ. So we made a major turn in the story last week as uh, we arrived in the city of Jerusalem, or Jesus arrives in the city of Jerusalem. He arrives as a coming king. Um, He's teaching in the temple, and as he's teaching in the temple, the people are in awe of everything that he has to say, but the teachers and the rulers of the law reject him and so you find his rejection you find his crucifixion and this week we will end with his burial which means we get to start next week uh, with the resurrection which is always a wonderful way to start any week or any day or any moment Uh, as we pick up our story in luke 21 uh, let's do as we always do Uh, let's offer this moment to the lord let's offer ourselves to the lord and let's seek his presence and seek his face as we turn to his word Matthew, do you mind doing that for us? Let's pray. Father, we um, do thank you for this moment. We thank you for your word. And as we read it uh, together in this place, Father, would you be with us? Give us wisdom and understanding. Thank you that you have spoken to us, that you continue to use your word to transform us into the image of Christ. And and we pray that that would um, be exactly what you do um, as we read together. Uh, Father, help us to glorify you and to worship you in this time. Thank you that you... Um, again, have spoken, and as we read, uh, it was just not—it's not just knowledge that we're gaining, but um, Father, Father, you are cultivating a relationship, and so would we read um, with that end? It's in Christ, and we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, Luke twenty-one, beginning in verse one. As Jesus looked up, he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow put into very small coins. Truly, I tell you, he said, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. Some of his disciples were remarking about how the temple was adorned with beautiful stones and with gifts dedicated to God. But Jesus said, as for what you see here, the time will come when not one stone will be left on another. Every one of them will be thrown down. Teacher, they asked, when will these things happen? And what would be the sign that they're about to take place? He replied, Watch out that you're not deceived, for many will come in my name claiming, I am he, and the time is near. Do not follow them. When you hear of wars and uprisings, do not be frightened. These things must happen first, but the end will not come right away. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, famines, and pestilence in various places, and fearful events and great signs from heaven. But before all this, they will seize you and persecute you. They will hand you over to the synagogues and put you in prison. You'll be brought before kings and governors and all on account of me. And so you will bear testimony to me. But make up your mind not to worry beforehand how you will defend yourself. For I'll give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. You'll be betrayed even by parents, brothers and sisters, relatives and friends. And I put some of you to death. Everyone will hate you because of me, but not a hair of your head will perish. Stand firm, and you will win life. When you see Jerusalem being surrounded by armies, you will know that its desolation is near. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those in the city get out, and let those in the country not enter the city. 
for this is a time of punishment and fulfillment of all that has been written. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. There will be great distress in the land and wrath against this people. They will fall by the sword and be taken as prisoners to all the nations. Jerusalem will be trampled on by the Gentiles until the time of Gentiles are fulfilled. There will be signs in the sun, moon, stars. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. People will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to happen, stand up and lift your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. He told them this parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all of these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Be careful, or your heart should be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and anxieties of life, and that day will close on you suddenly like a trap. For to come on all those who live on the face of the whole earth, be always on watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen, and that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. Each day Jesus was teaching at the temple, and each evening he went out to spend the night on the hill called the Mount of Olives, and all the people came early in the morning to hear him at the temple. Uh, this starts with one of the most beautiful uh, stories in all the, in all the New Testament, uh, the incident of Jesus sitting in the temple as he was teaching, and he just observes those who were walking by, and, and no doubt, as uh, disciples would later comment, you know, there are so many gifts dedicated to the Lord. They're big gifts, and so many incredible you know, pieces of art that adorn the temple. And it's just a magnificent temple. And here are all of these big gifts, you know, they're coming by. And here's a, a little widow who gives, in English translation, we're reading two small pieces, you know, of copper. We've learned to call those a widow's mite. And if you see those, they're really just kind of tips of copper. You could place them in your hand, and in a couple of seconds, you could even forget they're there. Their weight is so slight. And Jesus said, that, that's just crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, this is God the Father speaking through the Son. This is the most precious gift given here today. Mm-hmm. Well, and what a contrast coming off of, you know, the, uh, chapter 20, where it says, kind of talking about the uh, teachers of the law, they devour widows' houses and for a show make lengthy prayers. You know, so you have the people who are supposed to be upholding the law and modeling the law and you know, instructing others how to live. They're devouring widows' houses. You yeah. know, they're, they're doing it to display their own righteousness. And here is you know, a widow that Jesus then points to and says, look at her generosity. Look at the way she gave. You know, not just the quantity or, or, you know, look at all she's doing, but look at the quality of her sacrifice. Look yeah. at what she's giving. So th- there was a decision, you know, that she had to make. Do I, do I want to try to buy a morsel of food or do I want to give of what I have yeah. to God? And, and, of course, if you make the contrast you made, uh, all through Luke we've seen how those who truly are followers of Christ should care for the widows and, and the oppressed and the marginalized. She finds herself without their support, but she still offers, you know, a far better, bigger gift. Mm. You know, I, I often say, you know, if I had been Jesus at that moment, I've grabbed her hand and said, "No, hon, yeah. you, you keep those mites. We're good." I mean, you see all the gold up there. We're good. We're good. Mm-hmm. It just shows you her heart and what her prize is. 
you know, just who her treasure is. And it's, it's not what she's holding, what she's putting in the offering. Her treasure is, is the Lord. And that's where her devotion is. And it's just so beautiful. It makes me think of um, 1 Samuel when it says that God, you know, people look on the outside mm-hmm. and God looks at the heart. He sees, and Jesus in this moment sees her heart compared to the heart of um, all these these people, these wealthy who are just putting a small bit of what they own yeah. um, in the treasury. So. And we shouldn't miss, you know, the contrast that she is doing what the rich young ruler could not do. Mm-hmm. She is giving everything she has in, in order to follow Jesus. Yeah. So it is a rich, rich story. And uh, it's almost the way Luke puts it. It's almost if immediately, you know, the disciples are going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But look at those <laughs> stones up there. Those are yeah. so cool. Yeah. And all of these big gifts that have been given and how beautifully, you know, the temple is adorned when people make these dedicor- you know dedicatory gifts you know to uh, take the facade of the temple and to build it up uh, into the luster and the grandeur that it had you know in in those days jesus is like actually this is gonna be destroyed (laughs) he just kind of stomps on there you know they're just i can just picture it like you know when you walk into a building that you've never been in it's just grandiose and you're just like staring up and he's like oh yeah that's gonna that's gonna fall (laughs) well you read any i mean historian of this time period and they say that this wasn't just kind of your man that's a great looking temple or building but it would have been you know equal to one of the seven wonders of the world that you yeah. would have seen this temple um you started in what i think it was like 20 bc somewhere in there you know and they called it what herod the great's temple that it was just so yeah. magnificent that you would have walked into the city and even before you get to the city you would have seen this temple and just how grand it was and you would have marveled at all the labor. Yeah, I just said that you could the see the, the glints from the gold miles away. Of yeah. course, you know, it's on the hill, the major hill in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And so you could see it. And it would have been competitive. You know, Herod really outdid himself, you know, trying to endear himself to the Jewish people and also to to Rome, uh, building a you know, a temple that was a rival to, you know, the great temples of the Roman period, mm-hmm. uh, which which is kind of incredible. And of course, Anytime we talk about our wealth, we talk about it you know, as being temporary and not you know, what is permanent. Mm. This is far more temporary than anyone could have possibly imagined. Yeah. Uh, because you know, Jesus you know, begins to talk about you know, what will happen and how in those days it will be horrific for young moms who are carrying babies and who are nursing. And you need to run immediately to the hills when you see it coming. And, and of course, within about uh, you know thirty-five to forty years from when Jesus is speaking these words, that'll actually happen. That Rome will collapse on Jerusalem and destroy this temple so completely mm-hmm. that not one stone is left, you know, lying on top of the other. Yeah, just reminds you that as glorious as it is, it's still man-made. You know, we still have no control over what's going to happen to it, and yeah, and he's like, what what I am establishing is not man-made. You know, it is yeah. it is made of God, and it is the kingdom of God, and it's everlasting. So, Matt, I'm going to give you a couple of seconds just to kind of riff. This time's just been running out on the on the uh, Mount Olive discourse here. So, what are some of the things that stand out, you know, to you as Jesus looks toward end times? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, to me, is just Jesus is the prophet par excellence, right? That. He, not one of these words will, you know, pass away. Not one of my words will pass away. But also just being able to 
to speak words to his disciples that we know this is written, you know, later by Luke. And so for, for these words to come and for Jesus to be able to, in this moment, say, you know, here's, I'm telling you the truth. Here's what's going to happen. You know, we see kind of this double kind of meaning happening here where we see the destruction of the temple but then also there's this, the son of man, you will see the son of man. So he's looking forward to the end of times, you know, where he will come in the way that we're going to see Luke's going to take us to Acts and Jesus ascends on a cloud and they just say in the same way, he'll come back. Mm-hmm. You know, and he, obviously he's pointing us back to Daniel as well, that he'll come back in the yeah. authority of the ancient one, mm-hmm. you know, with all authority. And so I, I think we're reminded that if he is the prophet par excellence and his words are true, you know, one, he's calling his disciples to to persevere and, and to, to this assurance or confidence that he will return. Oh, yeah. And even in the midst of persecution and suffering and intense persecution and suffering, you know, not one of their hairs from their head will, will fall away. That in other words, he's going now to. That's kind of interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because uh, some of them would be, uh, you know, executed. Right. Yeah. Uh, actually beheaded. Mm-hmm. So not just one of their hairs fell away. <laughs> all all, all their hairs. There, yeah. there they go. Yeah, moving out. But he's talking about ultimately you will be renewed and you will be restored and you yeah. will have no loss. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, and what is it? Don't fear the one who can take your life. Yeah. Fear the one who can take away your soul. I yeah. Mean, I, uh, you know, verse 17, you know, stood out to me. Everyone will hate you because of me, but not a hair of your head will perish. Stand firm and, and you'll win life. Yeah. And of course, it's the restoration of life where we are truly rich and where we have, you know, true riches and whatever our losses have been. As Jesus said, they'll be restored a hundred times more in this life and then in a life to come, in you know, eternal, eternal life. So it is rich. And of course, I always love that, you know, Daniel image. And this is so vivid in the mind of, you know, the disciples because in the time of their deepest persecution they find themselves you know in the city of babylon dental has this vision where he sees all the kingdoms of the earth and then finally a great mountain that fills the whole earth and then there's the vision you know of the ancient of days and all of his majesty and his holiness and one approaching him like the son of man in other words somewhat like us mm. and as he approaches him he's given a kingdom and it is a kingdom that will cover the face of the earth and will never end. And you're going to see this all this week, references back into you know, Daniel chapter 7. So that's a good one you know, to keep in mind you know, as, as, we, as we look at that. Sorry we did not do the end times justice. Uh, we did have a calendar we were going to lay out you know, day by day uh, and show you exactly when things would happen. But Stay I guess tuned. we'll have to keep that to ourselves. It has uh, been fun reading this. And, of course, one thing he promised them, not only would he return, but it would be difficult. Yeah. Yeah. But he would be with them. I love he says, you're going to appear before kings and governors, and don't worry about what you're going to say. I'll give you words. I'll give you wisdom and words. And he does that. I love that he's fulfilling prophecies from the Old Testament. Oh, yeah. But he's also prophesying what will happen to them personally, and it does and you see it in Acts 4, you see it in Acts 6 with Stephen, you see him saying, this will happen to you, and it does, and he is faithful to, to yeah. do what he said. I love it. And the entire earth will be shaken. As we were preparing for this, Katie was talking about the prophecies of Joel, and uh, I thought she thought she might <laughs> bring, bring that up. <laughs> but you have the signs in heaven, the sun and the moon, and the 
earth and the stars, everything will be shaken, and finally the end of the Son of Man will appear. Heavenly Father, thank you. Uh, thank you that you have reassured us of your return. You have reassured us of your presence with us. And even in spite of difficulty, you have given us a place to represent you and in your name to bear testimony to you. May we be faithful in, in the light persecutions or maybe even heavy persecutions ahead that you have for us. May we be a people who are faithful to the one who has been faithful to us. And may we be absorbed in the hope that you have given us in Christ Jesus. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Mm-hmm.